This is Darren Davis, founder and senior leader of the Harbor Church in South Florida, and you are listening to the Harbor Church Podcast. For more information about this podcast and others, visit us online at harborchurch.org. Enjoy the podcast. Hey, everybody. You guys doing okay? Where did that cold front come from? Wow. You love it? Okay. I was like, man, it is cold out right now, you know? So it's good to be in a warm church. I don't think we have the AC on tonight. Can I get an amen? So praise the Lord. It feels nice in here. Hey, welcome, everybody. If you're a first-time guest, we'd love to know you as well. Um, As the buckets were going around, uh, you may not have had time, but I want you to grab one of those connection cards or go see someone tonight um, with one of those because we just really want to know you. One of the things that we're feeling stronger than ever, especially in this region, is we need connection with other people. Hello? I mean, life is busy, and in places like this, in cities like this, it gets crazy, and we need to slow down, and we need to connect with ourselves. We need to connect with God. We need to connect with some other people, right? And, there, and there's, we have to, you have to be really intentional about that. Like, I've seen people, man, I don't have any friends. I don't even know anybody. But if you don't take a step, you're never going to be able to, to bridge that gap, right? And so I think taking, taking a step to give a connection card or say, hey, I want to be involved here in some way. I've never seen anybody who said, hey, I want to get involved in what's going on in a church, not find connection. Never. Never. So if you just take those steps, listen, we need each other. We really do in this time. So listen, I want to introduce a friend to you. Um, I think, gosh, Dan, how long has it been since we've known each other? Eight? or more years, maybe, if not more, but just, you know, when you meet someone and you just fall in love with them, you just feel like, like you've known them your whole life, isn't that wild about the kingdom, like, you can meet another Christian, not even know they're a Christian, them even tell you that they're a believer, but you see in their eyes that light of Christ, right, and you just go, wow, like, I just feel a resonation, I feel a connection, and I felt that with Dan, his wife, Kara, they have a little one now, um, but he is, and I don't just say this, um, to, to puff him up or anything. He's one of the best teachers I've ever heard, like for real. Like the, the way he, he has understanding, revelation from the word of God is incredible. He's got a great church in North Carolina. When Wendy and I are up that way, we go, to, we go to Unified City Church. It's an amazing place. But could you guys give a huge South Florida welcome to Dan Keister as he comes? Come on, Dan. Well, um, why did you have to say that, the great teacher thing? Because now I've got this performance problem, and I don't, feel, I don't feel free to minister. So you guys have a great night. I'm out of here. Um, no, it's awesome. I love Darren. I don't know if you know this about Darren, but he has the gift of teleportation because um, I met Darren randomly. Like, he just pops up places. And so I was at a lunch one day, and Darren's just kind of in the mix of people. Um, and we, we connected after that, but Darren's the guy's like, you, on, you see him on Facebook, he's like in Turkey. Three hours later, he calls you, and he's like in Moravian Falls wanting to get lunch, and I don't know how he does it, but he's just all over the place, but I'm so thankful uh, for the relationship and, and just the heart. I don't know if you guys know, you probably do, that you have an amazing, uh, not just leader, but leaders, and, and him and Wendy and the team that they've, they've built here. Yeah, give them a hand. They're, they're awesome. Um, 
And most people don't know this, especially in our church, but um, Darren's the guy that I call when I either do something stupid or don't know what to do. Um, so he's been a great person to lean on for wisdom uh, and just guidance over the years. So super grateful just for your friendship and your heart. Um, I, I do want to introduce my beautiful wife, Kara, who is right there. Stand up, boo-boo. She's so cute. And this is our almost one-year-old daughter, Ellie, who is the love of my life. Hey. All right. Put her away. I can't. Um, bear with me tonight because my voice was gone. I told Darren a few days ago my voice was totally gone. I thought my preacher voice was coming in, but it was a false alarm. So um, it's coming back a little bit, and, and it's kind of there, but it's a little raspy, which kind of sounds kind of sounds cool. So uh, let's stand just for a moment and uh, grab somebody's hand. I don't know how you guys do it here. That's how we do it at home, though. Um, and let's just pray over that person, love on that person. Father, we just adore you in this place. God, we just ask for your presence. We ask for just a moment with you tonight, God, just a few minutes um, to do the thing that we can't do, God. We're here. We're partnering. We're we're in the realm of our possibility just by showing up, God, but we just pray that you show up and do the impossible, the things that we've tried to change. God, I just pray over lives in this room tonight that maybe they've tried to change things in their life and just have no success, so they feel like it's a cyclical thing. God, I pray that you anoint that moment, God, anoint that place. Do the thing that you can do and the thing that you can only do, God, and we just trust you. We give you the night. We give you ourselves. And God, we pray that even outside these walls as we meet, God, your presence would just start to leak, that it would just go forth, God. And we bless you, Jesus. Amen. That's my daughter saying dada, by the way, so. Awesome. Well, um, I'm from North Carolina, um, if you can't tell. Um, I live in this metropolitan area called North Wilkesboro, kind of Moravian Falls. If you haven't been there, you probably aren't missing a whole lot. It's a great place, but it's very small, a lot of chickens, a lot of culture, um, and it's nice to come down here in a small town and hang out with you guys where there's no traffic and there's no people. So um, it's good to get out of the hustle and bustle of uh, Wall Street kind of life. Um, no, we, we've been pastoring a church up there for a while. We planted, and it's been, uh, we just had our, had our seven-year anniversary in December, but we've, we've been there for almost nine years, I think, so uh, it's been crazy. So we've probably known each other for about eight years, but uh, it's been an awesome journey. It's been, it's been a blast, um, and I love coming places like this because I love connecting outside of our stream, and I love building a relationship with people that I disagree with. But every once in a while, you get to cross-pollinate with people like this that you just feel like are your DNA, and it's such a, it's such a privilege, and uh, it's, just a, it's just a reward, I think, that God sends us uh, to be able to, to do that and be strengthened. So uh, let's dive into the Word. And um, I, I don't know, like Darren said, you guys have been talking about the Godhead, which is amazing because it's one of my favorite things. I love theology. I love all the side conversations we can get into in church life and as believers, but my favorite thing to talk about is Jesus the Father, and the Holy Spirit. It's hard to separate the three, so my task tonight, I think, is to focus on the Father, but I'm severely ADD, so I might be all over the place a little bit in who he is, but I love it because I do believe that no matter what we're dealing with or what disagreements we get caught in, if we can build around the person that he is, it solves so many issues and sets so many people free. If we can just get distracted from us long enough to figure out what he's really like, the, the us that we're dealing with starts to dissipate. And I really do believe that because I've seen it, I know it, and I, I, 
everyone here, if you're a believer and you've had those days where you're just like, you're done, and you find a moment somewhere, you catch yourself talking about Jesus and you refocus before you know it, everything you were caught in is just gone. That's the power of God when we just think about him, amen? That's why worship's so important, by the way. It's to be able to just give him the moment and get ourselves lost in that place so that we're opened up for what he wants to do uh, in our lives. So I love that we get this topic tonight. I, I'm also reminded, like I think about this all the time, and I tell this to our church, but um, you know, Jesus in the commission, he gave us this uh, commandment kind of to, to go and baptize in, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And if you look at that in the Greek, it means to immerse in the nature, the character of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And I think probably some of the most dangerous people on the planet are the ones who just skip straight to the Holy Spirit, but have never been immersed in the nature of the Father. Or skip to the Holy Spirit, but have no revelation of the Son, which was to reveal the Father. Um, and I love the Holy Spirit. But it's super dangerous to be prophetic if you don't have the voice of the Father. He said that my sheep know my voice, but sometimes we really don't. And so we're trying to prophesy and move mountains and, uh, you know, call fire down from heaven. But sometimes we're just in the wrong nature. Great heart. God loves us and he'll still use us. That's what kind of father he is. Um, But I know that he wants to be known. Um, and being known doesn't always mean being understood. It just, it just means relationship. To know God is a journey. It's not a, a finalized statement. It's not an arrival. It's a journey that we take with him. It's relational. Um, and so, so I love this topic. But uh, I want to look at a couple of passages. I might have added one. So um, if you guys don't have it, please forgive me. You have to because you're Christian. So um, <laughs> James chapter 1. Everybody probably knows this passage. Um, It says, every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. Two things I want to point out about the Father in this passage is, I I love that this references him as Father of heavenly lights, because to me that's putting him back to creation, Father, the one who was there before it all. Um, I don't don't know the background of everybody in this room, but I'm sure it's mixed. I'm sure some of you guys, maybe this is your first time in a church like this at all, so uh, just know that you're loved. Some of you guys probably have walked on water 12 times and been doing this a long time, Um, so that's great too. But I know that there's diversity here in our faith. Um, and so I'm going to be pretty practical and foundational tonight because that's what I just felt like the Lord uh, would have me do. Um, but how many of you guys know that there was a God that was here before anything? That the very ground that we were sitting on right now, the chair that you're sitting on, the very uh, matter that makes up what we call a chair, he's before all of it. The air that we breathe, he's before. The sun that we saw today, he's before. He was there before anything existed. There was him. And I'm always... Going back to that place because it's again, it's so easy to get caught in hobby theology land and we divide the church and all these things. But when I, when I draw myself back to who he is, it solves so much of my life, so much of our anxiety, so much of our pain, so much, many of our questions really can get lost in who he is if we'll just go to that place. So I'll always find myself, no matter what topic I'm on, I'll always find myself going back to this Father God before anything just to check and filter through and make sure it's okay that what I'm thinking is right. Because if I can figure out who he was before everything got messed up, then I can start to figure out what his nature is. Because if my, if my belief about God is wrong, then it's going to be pretty chaotic for my life. You can be a believer and not really know the Father. I'm not saying you're not going to heaven. I'm just saying you're not bringing it to us. Amen? Uh, and so sometimes we can be a believer. We can be the 
best believer but really not know the nature of God and live a life that can just be chaotic in, in the faith and chaotic. I mean, come on, Christian, guys, as believers, we're not supposed to have just moments of peace. His peace is sustaining. I'm not saying we want to have trials. I'm just saying you can have peace. But what we do when we have uh, kind of this dualistic idea of, about the Father, because for a long time he's, he was just painted in the wrong light, is we, we have this pendulum swing of moments where we're, we're here one day, and at best we and are skipping across the swing. We have like a moment of peace, and we're recharged, and then we're here again. And that's not what the life of a believer should look like. Not, say that, not saying that to condemn us. I'm just saying this, he, Jesus didn't model that. So anything I'm going to believe about what's obtainable in my faith, I'm going to look at what Jesus modeled. Uh, and so for me, I always go back to, man, who was God before everything? He was the father of lights. I love that this pastor says uh, he's the giver of good things, which implies that there are some bad things that are given. The danger is that when we associate the bad gift with the father, it warps our view of what he looks like, right? Let me, let me tell you like this. Sickness is not a gift that came from the Father because it's not a good gift. Um, hatred isn't a good gift. Amen? Uh, brokenness isn't a good gift. It's good to be broken in him, yeah, um, in, in the place that you need him and you're vulnerable to him. Uh, but just to be a chaotic wreck, that's not a good gift. Some of those things when we say, man, God, why did you allow this? That's not the Father, and if we interpret those things and allow those things to interpret him in our understanding, we're always going to have struggle. And we're going to have moments where we run to this awesome fountain of God and find relief. And then the next week we're going to feel condemnation because we're so unstable in what he's like that we don't even know how to respond daily. Amen. So he's the father of lights. He's the giver of good things. And I love that it says this. And I'm reminded there's a passage in Malachi too that says, I, the Lord, do not change. But... It says, who does not change like shifting shadows? Here's, here's the thing for me. Like, the way in which God deals with people is always changing. He's always having different conversations. But he himself has never changed. Amen? He's never going to change. Which means his intention for mankind before the world was, as he started to, like, you remember that passage where it says that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Right? I love thinking, the Lord just spoke to me one day, and he's like, this is, this is what happened in Genesis. And so I love projecting this and looking at this as how the Father started to create, because it was really out of the abundance of his heart that he starts to speak creation into existence. Out of the overflow of what he could no longer contain, he says, let there be light. And that overflow is so strong that eventually it evolves after a few days of creation. And out of the abundance of God's heart, he starts to say, let us make mankind in our image. Do you know that you, literally you, I don't even care if you're an atheist here tonight, you're still part of his creation, which means no matter who you are, no matter where you're from, no matter what you think, if you think I'm a nut, that's fine, um, because you're right, but no matter who you are, you're the abundance of his heart. So the intent of God before anything, that creative father of lights who spoke everything to existence, the intent of God was for you to be the recipient of his nature. He never intended for us to be casualties of the fall. You were always created to be an echo of his likeness. You were always created to be the other end of how he felt. He created us for relationship. Amen. He didn't create us to just be tolerated. Amen. Um, John chapter number eight, I'll tell you guys a story, um, because I'm 
I'm 37 years old, which is, I'm, it's, it's getting up there, I know. Um, and so, like, I got my life insurance policy. Everything's great going for us. But um, I thought, like, for, like, maybe my first 36 years, I thought I was perfect or pretty close, like, as close as a human could get. And, um, <laughs> and this, this past year, I was, I was picking on a friend of mine who's, who I just I do way too much. Um, and he, he had these glasses on, and I don't know what I was doing. I was just, I was just picking on him. Nothing wrong with glasses. Glasses wears. Praise God. You're beautiful. Um, but I was just picking on him because I'm immature. And I grabbed his glasses. We were, like, watching a movie or something. And I'm like, hey, I'm, I won't say his name. It was John. And I put his glasses on, and I'm like, hey, I'm John. And, and I'm kind of, like, just being goofy in a moment. And then I realized, like, oh, no, I can see a lot better with these on. <laughs> Now, up until this moment, I thought I had perfect vision. I, I've never been to an eye doctor in my life. I thought I always had perfect vision. Um, if I didn't, I would just claim it and do the faith thing. But here's a moment of awakening. I thought, oh, my gosh. Every, like, I didn't realize I had been living life in VHS tape mode when, there was, when 4K had come out, right? And so that was the difference. It was like I could still see, but it was fuzzy. But I never knew it was fuzzy because it was normal to me, right? So I go to the eye doctor. And I go to the eye doctor, and um, they take me back there. And I'm thinking, okay, it's, you know, I've never been, I have no grid, and I don't like doctors. No offense, doctors. Um, actually, yeah, offense, because you can always tell us the truth. And I'll tell you why in a second. But I go to the eye doctor, and um, they take me back in this room, and they're checking you out. And, this lady takes me back, and she pulls out this, like, robotic head-looking thing. And she's about to do all these little tests. She puts these eye drops in my eye, and she's like, you're going to feel a slight. And just aside from the message really quick, if, if a doctor ever tells you that you're going to, if they ever use the word slight or little, they're not telling you everything. So go ahead and know that they're lying about something. And so she puts this burning liquid flame of volcanic <laughs> acid into my eyeball. And they, they kind of go numb, and she pulls out this, like, little machine, and it's got this little blue dot, and some of you guys know exactly what I'm talking about. I don't. This is my only experience. And I'm kind of nervous. It's my first time, right? So I'm vulnerable. And she's being all sweet, and she says, I'm, I'm going to just stare at this little thing, and I'm going to move it really close to your eye. What, what she meant by really close was I'm about to touch your eyeball with this, with this tool, right? And so, that, like, she's poking my eyeballs, checking them out. I was a little offended, but I forgave her. Um, then she pulls out this, like, machine thing, and she starts going through all these lenses, having me look at it, and I'm looking in the distance, and it's like, I can see better, right? And so I'm thinking, because she started with number, what she called number one, baseline. I'm thinking, okay, that's just no glasses. So I'm like, okay. And she, she clicks up a couple. She's like, can you see? I'm like, yeah, but I could see better with number one. And she clicks up to, like, number two. It's like, how is it now? I was like, yeah, I can, I can see better with number one still. She keeps going back to number one. Number one. And I thought, well, sweet. I don't need glasses. This is perfect. And she takes the machine off. And I couldn't see it at all. And she tricked me by thinking that was my normal vision. It was actually a prescription. I didn't wear the glasses tonight because I'm insecure. But um, I do have them. And I'm not ready. Uh, it's too soon. And anyway, she, she, she takes, them, takes them off, and I just could not believe it. I could not believe that I had been living with this, like, normalized version of vision for so long 
that there was this HD mode out there. It was like complete different uh, reality. Like I could see stuff. It was clear. I went home. Got, I got some glasses and went home, and I was like looking at everything for the first time again, right? So I was walking around the house like chasing the dog like before and after, like just doing this, looking at my baby like I could see more hairs. Like I could see her good, but it was like more defined. It was, it was HD, and it was awesome, right? But it blew my mind that I had created this normal and then all of a sudden realized I've been living in this, quote, normal for a long time, and there was a completely different reality that I didn't, wasn't even aware of. Uh, and, and this is exactly who Jesus came to be. This is exactly what Jesus came to do. I, I, I love uh, the word when it says that the truth will set you free. But it's not just any truth because he, he's, he's talking to guys in that moment. He's saying, if you hold to my teaching, and these are guys who are identifying with their, what they say, well, we're the descendants of Abraham. Their identity is wrapped up in a certain origin point that really isn't the right origin point. It's not the father of lights, not the one who started everything before Adam and Eve ever fell. They were tracing themselves back to an origin that was just some human existence. You remember that passage where Jesus almost sounds mean, but he says, don't call anybody on the earth your father. It almost sounds like, go home and dishonor your dad in my name, and you're, you're good. That's not what he's saying. He's saying, don't trace your identity back to any human origin, because there was a father before there was ever a father, or another father, or you, and that's where you really came from. But the challenge is, we've normalized a different reality because of the fall. We've normalized something, and Jesus came so that we could see the father through the nature and the person that he was. So everything that Jesus did was a representation of the Father. He was revealing the Father. He told these guys, if you hold to my teaching, the truth will set you free. Well, what was Jesus teaching? Jesus' teaching was about the kingdom of God and about the Father, which means it's not just random truth that sets you free. It's truth about the Father that sets us free, knowing him. I mean, think, think about this. I'm just reminded of this in John 17 where Jesus is literally interceding on our behalf. And he makes this statement that says, this is life eternal, that they know you. He's talking to the Father. This is eternal life, that they know you. It's really important that we have the right view of the Father. It's super important. In fact, I think the greatest awakening that's going to come on the planet is because we wake up. You know, you know the, the, the scripture talks about all creation groaning, waiting on the manifestation of the sons of God. Well, sons have a father. And we can't just pick the wrong one and expect to manifest the right sonship. If we don't have the right nature of a father, then we'll never have the right nature as a son. So when Jesus came and he was this perfect nature, he was the father in the flesh, he and the father were one. And we'll look at that passage in a moment. But this is what he was doing. He was bringing a new, a new normal for us to look through. Let's look at this passage um, in John 14. Everybody knows this. It's a greatest hits verse. Um, but... Jesus answered, he said, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So he's the filter, he's the lens. If you really know me, you will know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Philip said, Lord, show us the Father, and that will be enough for us. Jesus answered, don't you know me, Philip? Even after I have been among you such a long time, Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. Now listen to the statement. Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. Now he's talking to people who are calling him blasphemous around every corner. 
Jesus is rebuking religious. I mean, these guys are out to get him. He's alleviating the journey for sinners and the outcasts and the people that are rejected. And even a couple um, prying uh, religious leaders or Sadducees or teachers would kind of peek in his circle a little bit too. Because even though they would kind of condemn him, they were so curious they couldn't get away from it. Because that's just what happens when you talk about the Father, which is what Jesus was doing all the time it seemed like. And as he's revealing this nature of the Father that was almost blasphemous to this culture. I mean, that's why he got crucified, because it was that scandalous, the way that he, he, he uh, portrayed his relationship with God. To say that if you've seen me, you've seen the Father was blasphemy to these people. Blasphemy. Why? Because their normal was so distorted and wrong that when Jesus comes as this awesome little eye doctor, robot, Lindsay thing that we're looking through. They're looking through, and even though some of these guys hated the blasphemy, seemingly, that he was releasing, they were getting so touched by what he carried. Because even though we don't want it sometimes, when we get a glimpse of what God is really like, it pierces all of your opinions. It gets straight to the heart. Come on, I've disagreed with God a lot, and he just melts me. You ever just, like, been in that place where you're, like, mad at him or something? And it's okay. someone asked me the other day, is it okay to be mad at God? I was like, well, you're mad at him, so obviously you're still here. So he, I think he's, he's a big boy, you know. They're like, well, should I pray about it? I was like, you already know, so you might as well talk to him about it. But you ever have those moments where you're, like, mad at God, though, and just, like, the love of God comes in, and it's just, like, it melts you. It's not because he even rebukes you. It's because he loves you in a way that he doesn't have to. Not saying God doesn't correct us, but sometimes his love is the greatest correction if we'll just learn to encounter it. But we're creatures of performance, so we always want an answer or a direction, right? And that was the culture here. Jesus is talking to people who lived under a mosaic system. They were all about performance. That's all they knew. That was their normal and how they related to the, quote, father. That's all they knew about him was if we do this, He'll love us. If we do this, we'll make it. And it really wasn't love. It really wasn't like there's two normals going on here. And one of them was that God was this, uh, their idea of God was almost just this dictator who was moody all the time or barely, didn't probably even have the capacity to love them. He just tolerated them. That's kind of what performance mentality produced. And here comes Jesus and he's loving people that they won't even talk to. Here comes Jesus and he's laying hands on people with a disease that is spread by touching. And they're watching him do this. Here comes Jesus and he sits down at a, uh, at a well and talks to a woman that no one else was going to talk to. Here comes Jesus and he's caught in a moment where they bring this woman in adultery to him and ask his opinion. I always loved that these guys, um, even though they disagreed with him, always wanted to know what he thought about it. Why? Because even in disagreement, if you're carrying the Father, it gives you an indoor to a culture that's around you that may not even want to have a conversation. It's a, it's a, it's a disaster to just preach a bunch of law and performance to a generation that hasn't even encountered him. doesn't do anything. We've got to learn to love people. Come on, if our, if our motive for loving the lost is just to see him converted, then we don't really love the lost. And that's not the Father. For God so loved the world. Guess what? The world he loved and that he came for, John three sixteen, is a world that he disagreed with. 
And in the midst of disagreement, he extended favor, he extended goodness, he extended mercy and grace and said, I'll be the difference, just let me in. This is what the Father's like. Everything that Jesus was, everything that he did was revealing what the Father is like. Come on, there's going to be an awakening on the planet because the church is coming into alignment with what the Father's like. It's not just terminology, it's not just songs, but we're going to walk in it. We're going to learn to love people and have conversations with people that we disagree with, that we probably shouldn't associate with. Come on, I live in like small town USA, so i got to be careful. Like I can't even go to Applebee's and like, we're careful like at our church right now, like if we have a party that we don't use the red party cups, because who knows what's going to happen. Like it's like divide city there, right? Um, But you know what? The world's going to change when we get through some, we're secure enough to go through some conversations with people that we just don't agree with. That's what God did. That's what the Father did. But you know what the challenge is? We've learned to see him in such a different normal normal for so long that when Jesus comes in these moments and we see, oh my gosh, you know, one of the hardest things to go through as a believer is that we, we realize in these little moments that we've been viewing something about him the wrong way, and it could have been so much better. To know that he doesn't just tolerate me, and he doesn't just love me, he actually likes me. That's different, right? That he doesn't just love me because he has to, because he's God, but he actually likes things about you because you're the abundance of his heart. He can't get away from who he is. You can just have the wrong view of who he is. I think God wants to take everything that we think we've known about him and put us in a, a place and a posture where we're willing, we're, we're almost like, again, think of how extreme this was for Jesus to sit with those people and release this scandalous grace and this message and this portray this scandalous, quote, relationship to say, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father, to be so almost blasphemous to them. I think God wants to put us in a place where we're willing to be so vulnerable with him that he can, hey baby, that we can redefine, that he can redefine and repaint and renormalize what it looks like. Do you understand that Jesus came preaching this awesome message of repentance and repentance is nothing more than renormalizing, to change the way that we see it, to turn from one thing and turn to another. But we can't just turn from and turn to the wrong father. We can't turn from issues in our life. We can't turn from brokenness. We can't turn from sin. We can't turn from stuff and not have something to turn to because we'll just go right back to the stuff. And the thing that we have to turn to is what he feels about me. If I don't know what he feels about me, if, I've, if I haven't encountered the love of God to know that he just, maybe, maybe for you tonight it's, sim, it's as simple as just trying to get yourself to really start to believe that he loves you. That's hard. It's not the easiest thing, especially when you're walking in condemnation. You know what I love about this journey, like with my daughter, and that's why it's fun to talk about this tonight because I feel like I've, you know, got a good grip on who he is and what he's like, even though I'm always learning, but when she was born, like everything that I knew, I started to feel. And it's messing me up, man. Like it's, and I thought I felt it before, you know, because what I was doing is I was imagining what it felt like. And then when she's born, I'm like, oh my gosh. 
Like, how could you love something anymore? Like, I don't understand. And I feel like I'm doing pretty good as a dad, but like, he's so much better. And I, I remember um, a couple months back, she was sick. And she's like, she's like sick, sick. Like, I don't mean to be graphic. Please hear my heart, but I, I, I got to tell you the truth or I won't forgive myself. She was sick, like snot, just blowing everywhere sick, right? Like not the cute baby snot, like the, the real deal stuff, you know what I'm talking about? Stuff that like I'm standing in line one day and she sneezes and it's like a pinata broke and I'm like, swing, I'm like swinging in circles trying not to get it on me and it's like, it's like this arm of germ just reaching for people and and I remember one day in the living room, she's just like, it's all over her face, right? And she's just a mess. She's got germs. And I'm, I was healthy at the time. And she reached for me. And I did not care at all, nor think twice about what was on her before I delivered my response. I just said, come on. I don't care what you got. Come on. This is exactly what the Father is to us. Because nothing that's on you will ever be greater than what's on him. He's the God who can touch people and not get it. But he's the God who can touch people and you get him. He's the God who can reach out when you're carrying all this mess and disease and sin and brokenness and anxiety and fear and doubt and anger and burden and addiction and all that stuff. And we just walk up and we feel like, man, he doesn't want me. He doesn't even really like me. He would tolerate me if I perform well enough. That is not the Father that we have. That's not what he's like. That's never been what he's like. That's what we got a version of and our sight was wrong and we normalized a performance system into being our view of the Father but that system was never really what he was like. Jesus came toward all down and said, look through me because no man comes to the Father unless you do it through me. If you can't see it through me, if you can't learn him through me to know that he's the God that you can bring all of that stuff to. And if you're just crazy enough to reach out for him, he doesn't even hesitate. He says, yeah, come on. It's the kindness of God that leads to repentance, not the performance of man. But it is repentance that helps renormalize our view. To turn from what we think he thinks about us and turn toward what he really does think about us. To know that you're loved even when you're dirty. To know that you're loved when you're addicted. To know that you're loved when you're afraid. To know that you're loved when you've made a mess. To know that you're loved when you just... sometimes hate yourself. To know that you're loved when you don't even have the capacity to love yourself. It's those moments you turn and reach, and God just says, yeah, come here. He's not afraid of what we carry. This is what Jesus modeled, because that's the kind of father that he is. That Jesus would touch a leper with no fear of getting contaminated, because he was greater than what that guy was carrying. Why is it sometimes that we think that what we carry, even as believers go through these moments and we have all these cool verses on our fridge that there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus but when we have moments we walk away and we walk in such condemnation because we're not perfect 
and we think we should be at a certain level by now but I'm not seeing everything manifest and I'm missing it, God. I should be here, but I'm here and I should be over here. I should be able to walk on the waves or part the sea or I should be able to pray in tongues more. I should be able to dance near and where I should be able to. We put all these crazy performance demands on ourselves and they're not even conversations he's having with us. He's just trying to love and relate. Our greatest freedom, because the truth will set us free, our greatest freedom is going to come when the truth about the Father is right. When we're able to receive His love the way that He gives it, that's hard, super hard. Less thought, and I'll close, but uh, a few years ago, someone gave me just this extravagant gift, and um, I'm not the best. I'm like an awkward gift receiver. Like, I'm the worst. Um, Like, just the worst. If you've ever given me anything, none of you have. Um, you'd know what I was talking about. My wife's smiling because she knows. Because um, someone will give me something that I love, and I'm just like, oh, cool, man, it's great. And I, I'll be totally thrilled about it, but my face says, oh, whatever. And uh, these people gave me this just extravagant, mind-blowing gift, like one of those moments, and it wrecked me. I just didn't know how to respond. I didn't know what to do with that level of goodness, right? And the Lord just, he hit, he hit my heart so crazy and he's like because I feel like I'm pretty good at giving but I'm not always the best at receiving and I think because I'm willing to give that I'm walking in a full version of who he is but the Lord hit me that day and he said he said here's where your life's going to change you're great at ministry you're great at doing these things you're, you're great at giving me out but when you learn to receive me on a greater level that's when your life starts to change. And it hit me so hard. He said, you're good at, you're good at giving, but you, you suck at receiving. And it hit me so hard because it's so true that our greatest hurdle isn't what we can do, but it's what we can receive. If you can really receive from the Father, it's His goodness, it's His kindness, it's His substance, it's His Holy Spirit, it's the nature of His Son, it's the nature of Himself that comes in and starts to deal with the performance stuff if we just let Him in. When you realize, I'm not too dirty for God to love me. I'm not too dirty. Come on, He injected the Holy Ghost into a bunch of messed up people. That's security. Come on, He he knows what He's doing. He didn't, he didn't do it to perfect people. He did it to some crazy people. Come on, Peter just denied him. No one was there in that room probably when the cross went down. They all fled. They were all scared. And Jesus resurrects and gathers them. And even then, they're still doubting. I mean, there are people who constantly needed affirmation. Even in this passage, Philip saying, hey, if you show us the Father, that'll be enough. Yeah, right. That's like when a kid is in the store and they ask you, hey, dad, if you buy me this, I'll never ask for anything else. That's exactly what, these are people that are unstable. They're going to need affirming in another 20 minutes. And God, the God who is the father of all things that hung the stars, who suspended the heavens, who gave us oxygen, who caused trees to grow in the beginning that are still growing today and reproducing and just cycling through. One word of God can go through all of eternity And that same God was secure enough to dispense the nature and a measure of himself and 120 people in a room that were just scared hours before. So what's our excuse? What's our excuse to be able to just take the journey with him? He got stuff, so what? 
let God in because that's how he deals with it, yeah? Let's just stand. Let's just for a moment, let's just close our eyes and let's just take this, uh, I just want to paint a picture for us for a moment and take a couple moments and just see if we can catch the reality of what he's like. If nothing else, just catch the origin of ourselves. If you could imagine just for five minutes, try to let your mind just go blank. I know this, I promise this isn't a new age weird thing, but let your mind just go blank. It's almost impossible, but, but try. And imagine if what you know is normal never existed. What you've normalized is reality, what you've encountered because everything we call normal, we call normal because we've had experience with it. Where there's a kingdom outside and all around us that is waiting to be experienced every day, every moment. A journey with him that is a greater reality than the journey we've taken. And if you can just imagine a moment before there's anything in your mind, pretend nothing has existed yet. It's just silence. And think of that moment that in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless. It was void. Darkness was upon the face of the deep. There was nothing. Nothing. And I don't know how it all works. I'm just going by the creation narrative and trying to paint the picture. But in the midst of that nothing, absolutely nothing, I know somewhere the heart of God In whatever way that looked, the heart of God began to swell up in fullness of desire because the dream of God began to fill it. And as his heart began to fill, this abundance started to take over and it began to overflow. And out of the overflow of God's heart, he starts to create. And in that creation, he comes to this place where he says, let us make mankind, speaking to himself, speaking to the Godhead, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Let us make mankind in our image. Let's immerse them. Let's create them in our image. And when he said that, he wasn't just talking because he always sees everything before he starts. So, Every one of us in this room tonight were a part of that mankind. He knew who it would be. He knew the names. He knew the faces. Because before we ever arrived here tonight in this moment, he was already here. And if you can really start to realize that you're the abundance of God's heart and he actually desired you, And then partner that with truth that says he does not change. Which means no matter what you've done, his intent, his heart, and his desire for you still hasn't changed. God, we thank you that you're a God of stability. Even when we're unstable, God, we thank you that 
you're a father even when we're lost. God, we thank you that we can come to you with our stuff, that we can be contaminated, we can be broken, we can be a mess. Even for some of us, God, we can think we're perfect, we can think we're put together and still come to you. And there's not been one time that you haven't just reached your hand out and said, yeah, come on. God, I thank you that what's on you is greater than what's on me. And God, I thank you that nothing we've ever done in Adam will ever be greater than what you did in Jesus. God, I thank you that the fall wasn't greater than the cross. I thank you that we're now the righteousness of Christ. Not because we earned it, not because we deserved it, but because you did it. Because you don't change and your desire for us remained even through brokenness. And God, I just pray over this room tonight that those who walked in with condemnation, God, I just pray for supernatural peace and presence over their life right now. God, the miraculous kind. God, God, we fight for those right now who don't have it to fight for themselves. God, those who maybe don't even know how to pray. Maybe you walked in and you're not a believer. You don't even know what we're talking about, but you feel it. God, I just pray for your presence. Do what only you can do. We pray for just a supernatural touch tonight, God. You got to pray for those here tonight where stress is just dominating their life because we're so distracted God we're so caught in all these things Father God I just pray that even supernaturally tonight people would be able to rest maybe some for the first time in months and I just hear I even hear the Lord saying that there's people in this room like you've dealt with like muscle tension and God's going to let you relax for the first time in months tonight because tension became normal. And God, I pray that this would be a generation, even in this church and in this region, God, I pray that this would be a generation that didn't skip to the Holy Spirit, but they were immersed in the Father and the Son. That when they begin to prophesy, when they begin to talk, when they begin to speak, there's a nature behind it. It's just not just words. It's not even just testimony, but there's a nature of heaven flowing out that people feel loved. And they don't even know where it came from. People feel loved to the point that they feel they don't deserve it, God. God, I pray that that kind of nature, that kind of love, what flows from this place would open doors to conversations, God. Testimonies and business leaders in this region. God, people who have influence in this region, God. People who don't even want to have this conversation, you're going to bring favor to God because there's a nature behind this house. There's an anointing on this house that's greater than just a movement, but it's a family, God, and it's yours, Father. And last, God, just with every eye closed, because I don't, I don't know what all you guys do here, but this is how we do it at home but if you're someone who's here um, and you don't even know or have the slightest grid for what I'm talking about you don't know about there's a father 
there's Jesus and all of that stuff, I, I just tell you that you're loved and that before the world existed, there was a reality and that reality's pursued you and it's chased you to the moment that you're in tonight. And if I can help you or pray with you or anybody here, I'm sure they've got team members would love to do that. If you're here and you've been a Christian for 20 years and the same applies, love to pray with you too. Um, but we bless you, Jesus. And God, we thank you that through Jesus you brought the prescription that we needed. That at any moment I can't see clearly, I can pull him out and look through it. I feel this just for those that want to just take a moment. Um, I think when a window like this opens, right, you can see uh, him a little better through the word that was brought, right? You can just kind of perceive. It's like, wow, never thought some of those things. I think it's good to just reflect and allow the Lord to come and have his way. So I want to open up the front. But before I invite you to come, and then we're, I want to sing that that's that part of that song, Megan, that says, now I can see just quietly. Um, but let me tell you how I kind of navigate this whole thing called the Father and, and, and how well I'm reflecting the essence of, of, of who he is that I carry in my heart. Um, you ever heard the word projection? We have a projector in here, right? And the projector takes this small image and it casts it on a screen and makes the small very large, right? Do you remember when Jesus was um, talking to these ones that didn't know the Father, they hadn't captured his heart yet, and he said, you're perceiving the splinter in your brother or your sister's eye, but you have a log in your own. It was actually reverse projection. They had something big and they were projecting you know, you know, they, they had they had this log in their own. They were projecting, you know, thinking it was this massive thing in someone else, and it actually really wasn't at all. It was how they were seeing their own persona. And when God started to get a hold of me in these kind of ways, like a switch flipped, and instead of focusing on all the things that I could focus on, X, Y, or Z person and the negatives that I was so perceiving because I perceive them in myself. I started to reverse project it and, 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 and say, God, show me the beauty of who you are in that individual and let me amplify that. Like, you know, beyond, beyond maybe anything they've ever even heard. Like, so sometimes when I go and talk to somebody, man, I'll just, I'll see one thing and I'll just, I'll just blow that thing up because it's, it's actually even bigger than my ability to blow it up. You know, that signal that puts something up on a screen, it's actually, there's more, it could shine, it could fill the sky if we had the big enough projector, right? So what I want us to do is I want us to come and just sit before the Lord and sit with Him with our own heart and say, God, where 
am I looking at others? I want you to think, and this is not in some condemning mode over your own heart, but like, where have I gotten angry? Where have I gotten frustrated? Where, where have I really been judgmental? Where have I really projected? Lord, and then ask the question, God, what's going on inside of me? What do you want to do in me, Lord? What do you want to show me about the Christ I carry in me, the, the, the Father that I carry in me, the Holy Spirit that I carry in me because I'm made in His image and His likeness. And let Him amplify that and take away all the negative projection so that we can go out and love a world by calling out the beauty that's on the inside of them so that they can come So I just want to open up the front just for you to come. Just sit. You know, we're just going to just be here as long as we need to tonight. Just, it's been a long week. Maybe we've gotten frustrated. Maybe we've experienced some of these things. I want you to come and just join me here. And let's, let's just sit before the Lord. Sit before the Father and just let Jesus show him with clarity again tonight.
a minute. We're just going to continue singing. But what I want to do is I want to remind you of something. In the time of Jesus, when he was talking to them about love, there was many different definitions of love. And the one definition that he wanted to bring to the earth that was representative of the Father was this thing called agape. And it was a, a love without agenda. It was the love that was not broken. And you see, in our world today, there's so many other types of love. There's some good types of love, like phileo, like brotherly love, like a sincere brotherly or sisterly love for somebody. But it's different than even agape, which is otherworldly. It's literally another worldly type of love that we're not familiar with, that we're unable to see. And there's one type of love that, that the enemy is really trying to propagate. And it's eros love. It's, it's love that, that, that is all about self. It's all about taking. And we've been shaped by this in so many ways. And I feel like as if you could just breathe deep tonight and just inhale the love of God, I feel like what we perceive, what we take in, what we recognize as the Father will break off the power of any other perverted type of love. And Lord, we're asking that as you do this here tonight, that you would do it in our region. We're asking that a move of God would come that would break off Eros love. Lord, perverted love distorted love that's got us so jacked up even ourselves on the inside that we can't even recognize when true love is coming to the earth would you send agape to south florida in the name of the lord god let it come tonight let us be so tenderized lord by the presence of your love in this place by the glorious love of god that has been shed upon the earth lord let it just fill this room god with the thick, thick presence of your glory, Lord, tonight. Let us just breathe it deep. Let us begin to perceive this reality. God, break off mindsets and just just ways that, that God are not your ways that have tried to form and fashion us against your will. Come on, pray with me. In the name of Jesus, Lord, we need this otherworldly type of love to come and intersect us in this moment. God, we need all that other garbage broken off. You see, sometimes some of you, there's even mental images that will come to you in worship of perverted things. You see, God wants to come and free you from that garbage. Lord, come and give us the dreams of God. Come and give us the images of God in our mind. Lord, free us from all that stuff. Lord, that has plagued us for years. this thing in deep. Just, just let the Lord have His way. Just open up your heart. Just open up your heart, you know? These other loves, these other lovers, right? They've, they've come and they've done damage to that heart. You see, God's love is gentle, it's kind, it's not rude. Your loving kindness to 
what I want, I want Savannah and I want, I want Megan to do, I want us just to sing in the Spirit. And I just, and what, what that means is just tune in to the love flow of God tonight and just begin to sing out. It may be with words, it may be with sounds. And I want you just to sit under that, just for a minute, and then we're going to go. But there's, a, there's this love song. I remember Justin years ago wrote this song, and part of the, 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 the lines in the song was that he's singing over me. And I just feel, you know, this may sound strange, but I feel as God sings over us tonight, that, you know, as, as we rest, even as we rest in His presence, as we rest in the nighttime, there's liberation, you know? There's a song of the Lord that's being released over the earth. That, that just liberates a generation. It's a song of favor. It's a song of love. It's a song of destiny. And so we're just going to let that come just for a minute, and then we're going to be done. But come, Lord, and just sing over us tonight. Sing over our hearts as we just come and breathe you in. Just begin to pray. Just begin to pray as they begin to sing. Some are here to receive. Some are here to give. Okay? Just for a minute. Let's just begin to release into the atmosphere. Just worship and intercession. Prayer. Come on, God. Come and have your way. Lord, this is a divine moment. This is a strategic moment from heaven intersecting earth. Some people are going to get so set free tonight. They're not even going to know what happened to them. They're not even going to know what hit them. Lord, when they walk out the doors, they're going to feel completely different. Lord, come and let the power of your spirit invade this room. In Jesus' name.
an invitation. Oh, Father, to the fatherless, let your love overcome, let your love overwhelm us. Oh, Father, to the fatherless, let your love overcome, let your love I just wanna go 
Thanks for tuning in to the Harbor Church Podcast. I hope that you were enriched, inspired, and blessed by what you heard. Please subscribe on the podcast app and be sure to follow us on Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. You can also download our Harbor Church mobile app. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.